Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Have you ever thought that when someone complains about evil in the world, that they're actually presuming that there is such a thing as good? Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we lean into God's story together and think about what that means in our life and work stories. And remember that it was God who, even way back in the first books of the Old Testament, said through Moses, I set before you life and death. A message of judgment is actually based in the reality of hope. Interestingly, the phrase that appears a lot in the Old Testament, we're actually going to hear today both in Ezekiel, but also in our New Testament segment today, 2 Thessalonians, the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord signifies a time when God actively intervenes in history And biblically, that's primarily for judgment, when sin gets to a breaking point. And in a New Testament sense, as we will hear today, well, (laughs) Jesus returning. So the theme of the second coming of Jesus dominates 2 Thessalonians, just as it was key to 1 Thessalonians. And the 2 Thessalonian letter was written actually not long after that. And it speaks of Jesus' coming being preceded by an apostasy or rebellion and by the revelation of the man of lawlessness, which would be the Antichrist. Well, what's the good news? Well, we'll reflect on that again, at least briefly, in our closing reflection segment. Second Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, since your faith is flourishing and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you among God's churches, about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring. It is clear evidence of God's righteous judgment that you will be counted worthy of God's kingdom, for which you are also suffering, since it is just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted along with us. This will take place at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with his powerful angels when he will take when he takes vengeance with flaming fire on those who don't know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will pay the penalty of eternal destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength on that day when he comes to be glorified by his saints and to be marveled at by all those who have believed, because our testimony among you was believed. In view of this, we always pray for you that our God will make you worthy of his calling and by his power fulfill your every desire to do good and your work produced by faith so that the name of the Lord uh, of our Lord Jesus will be glorified by you and you by him 
according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled, either by a prophecy or a message or by a letter supposedly from us alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this? And you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work but the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working, with every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders, serving the lie, and with every wicked deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie, so that all will be condemned, those who did not believe the truth but delighted in unrighteousness. But we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, Because from the beginning, God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught, whether by what we said or by what we wrote. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God Our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal encouragement and good hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you, and that we may be delivered from the wicked and evil people, for all not not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. Now, we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It is not that we don't have the right to support, but we did it to make ourselves an example to you so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, 
This is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. For we hear there are some among you who are idle, and they are not busy, but busy bodies. Now, we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Yet don't consider him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, am writing this greeting with my own hand, which is an authenticating mark in every letter. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. La. <laughs> I don't know about you. Let me know if you like the new choir sound background as opposed to what I had before. There you go. A little bit of getting in their business, but a lot of hope and a lot of stuff about end time stuff, right? I think it's really important for us to to contemplate the nature of going, well, when Jesus comes, what's going to happen? Well, he'll defeat this rebellious world ruler and bring justice to oppressed Christians and wrath to their persecutors and to unbelievers in general. And, you know, we can't go more into that today other than stay tuned. I have a moment of hope for you in our closing reflection. So turning back to Ezekiel in our Old Testament segment today, remember up till now, right? The first few chapters of Ezekiel was his kind of first informative vision and his call, right? As watchman and several other kind of descriptors. And then yesterday we heard about these visual aids of Jerusalem's upcoming siege, right? This crazy story of Ezekiel having to act symbolically in a couple different ways, including eating food that was cooked over a fire made out of poop. And let's put today in context, right? That's what happened yesterday. And tomorrow will be a vision of the temple, kind of like you and me looking forward to heaven. But remember that the day of the Lord, or remember what that is and when that happens, right? Well, let's just say that Israel's junk has tested a very patient God and (laughs) now Ezekiel chapter 6 and 7. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, face the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. You are to say, Mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and the valleys. I am about to bring a sword against you, and I will destroy your high places. Your altars will be desolated and your shrines smashed. I will throw down your slain in front of your idols. I will lay the corpses of the Israelites in front of their idols and scatter your bones around your altars. Wherever you live, the cities will be in ruins and the high places will be desolate so that your altars will lie in ruins and be desecrated. Your idols smashed and obliterated, your shrines cut down, and what you have made wiped out. The slain will fall among you and you will know that I am the Lord. Yet, yet I will leave a remnant when you are scattered among the nations, for throughout the countries there will be some of you who will escape the sword. Then you, your survivors, will remember me among the nations where they are taken captive. 
how I was crushed by their promiscuous hearts that turned away from me and by their eyes that lusted after their idols. They will loathe themselves because of the evil things they did, their detestable actions of every kind. And they will know that I am the Lord. I did not threaten to bring this disaster on them without a reason. Lament over the fall of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord God says. Clap your hands, stamp your feet, and cry out over all the evil and detestable practices of the house of Israel, who will fall by the sword, famine, and plague. The one who is far off will die by the plague, the one who is near will fall by the sword, and the one who remains and is spared will die of famine. In this way I will exhaust my wrath on them, and you will all know that I am the Lord. When they're slain, lie among their idols, around their altars, on every high hill, and on all the mountaintops, and under every green tree, and every leafy oak, the places where they offered pleasing aromas to all their idols, I will stretch out my hands against them, and wherever they live, I will make the land a desolate waste, from the wilderness to Riblah. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 7, Announcement of the End The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, this is what the Lord God says to the land of Israel. An end, the end has come on the four corners of the earth. The end is now upon you. I will send my anger against you and judge you according to your ways. I will punish you for all your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity or spare you, but I will punish you for your ways and for your detestable practices within you then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says, Look, one disaster after another is coming. An end has come. An end has come. It has awakened against you. Look, it is coming. Doom has come on you, inhabitants of the land. The time has come. The day is near. There will be panic on the mountains, not celebration. I will pour out my wrath on you very soon. I will exhaust my anger against you and judge you according to your ways. I will punish you for all your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. I will punish you for your ways and for your detestable practices within you. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who strikes. Here is the day. Here it comes. Doom is on the way. The rod has blossomed. Arrogance has bloomed. Violence has grown into a rod of wickedness, and none of them will remain. None of that crowd, none of their wealth, and none of the eminent among them. The time has come, the day has arrived. Let the buyer not rejoice, and let the seller mourn, for wrath is on her whole crowd. The seller will not certainly return to what was sold as long as he and the buyer remain alive, for the vision concerning her whole crowd will not be revoked, And because of the iniquity of each one, none will preserve his life. They have blown the trumpet and prepared everything, but no one goes to war. For my wrath is on her whole crowd. The sword is on the outside, plague and famine are on the inside. Whoever is in the field will die by the sword, and famine and plague will devour whoever is in the city. The survivors among them will escape and live on the mountains, like doves on the valley All of them will moan, each over his own iniquity. And their hands will become weak, and all their knees will run with urine. 
They will put on sackcloth and horror will overwhelm them. Shame will cover all their faces and all their heads will be bald. They will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will seem like something filthy. Their silver and their gold will be unable to save them in the day of the Lord's wrath. They will not satisfy their appetites or fill their stomach, for these were their stumbling blocks that brought them brought about their iniquity. He appointed his beautiful ornaments for majesty, but they made their detestable images from them, their abhorrent things. Therefore I have made these into something filthy to them. I will hand these things over to foreigners as plunder and to the wicked of the earth as spoil, and they will profane them. I will turn my face from them as they profane my treasured place. Violent men will enter it and profane it. Forge the chain, for the land is filled with crimes of bloodshed and the city is filled with violence. So I will bring the most evil of nations to take possession of their houses. I will put an end to the pride of the strong and their sacred places will be profaned. Anguish is coming. They will look for peace, but there will be none. Disaster after disaster will come and there will be rumor after rumor. Then they will look for a vision from a prophet, but the instruction will perish from the priests and counsel will perish from the elders. The king will mourn, the prince will be clothed in grief, and the hands of the people of the land will tremble. I will deal with them according to their own conduct, and I will judge them according to I will judge them according to their own standards. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Mm. My friend, for our reflection segment, what is the so what here? Well, it's of course always good to notice when there is something that is repeated multiple times in the Bible versus showing up one time, right? Like this day of the Lord thing. And particularly given that Paul is drawing on an important Old Testament concept to make a point in the New Testament. You heard some similarities just today. And apparently the Thessalonians had some people who were sitting on their deaths because they were going, oh, Jesus is coming back next week, so we cool, fool. But if we are thinking about the day of the Lord and the Bible and about how Paul talked about it, we should live like Jesus could come back in 10 minutes. And we live knowing that if it's 500 years from now that Jesus returns, that will be soon on God's timeline. So my friends, keep on keeping on. There will be evil, but that only reminds us that there is good. And it'll get worse in the end, but that's okay. That only reminds us that God told us that it would be that way. I love you. Amen. Amen.